sound. Certain ring to it. Victory is not silent. It's not quiet. It's not hiding out in the cut, reserved and timid. Victory has a voice. Triumph has a voice. The Bible tells us that uh, in the Hebrew culture, when God delivered them out of Egypt, they began wandering in the wilderness, and God established some uh, celebrations, or Bible calls it some holy convocations, that they would observe feasts unto the Lord, and celebrations that they would observe because God had established things for them to do so. And many of you would know about certain of these feasts, the Feast of the Passover, Feast of the First Fruits, where we, we, we derive most of our uh, origins as the church from, the Feast of the Pentecost, what they called it, and the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets, all types of feasts and convocations that these people were to celebrate unto the Lord. But there was a celebration that they wouldn't get to do every year. There was a celebration that they would probably only get to experience once in a lifetime. And it was the year of Jubilee. Bible tells us that every seven years, God told his people to go ahead and rest from all your work. Go ahead and let the land rest and just take the year off. And they would call this a sabbatical year. And after seven of these sabbatical years, Bible says that after 49 years, God would throw them an extra year of rest or a bonus year of celebration. And this was called the year of belief. It was the 50th year. And this year would be given to them as a celebration year. What would they be celebrating? They would be celebrating that everything that they were indebted to, all the things that they were in bondage to, they would be released from those things in this year. They would, if they had any debts that they owed anybody, those people would have to forgive them of all of their debts. How many of you would like all your mortgages to be canceled in one day? Thank you, Lord. All of their debts were paid in that year. And the Bible says that the, the signifying element that brought in this year, when this year was uh, being uh, opened up for them to celebrate in, the priests would come and they would lift up a trumpet and they would ring in this year with the sound of the trumpet. And so that sound was the sign of the celebration beginning. That sound from the trumpet was the sign of debts being canceled. That sound was the sign of people that were in bondage serving under some things that they owed. They would be loose from that bondage and freed because the sound was the sign. And this is the same typology where we begin to get this feast called the Feast of Pentecost. And the Bible tells us, many of us are familiar with the book of Acts chapter 2. It tells us when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, oh hallelujah. 
And, and, and I know over the years, many of us have focused on the wind, but the Bible didn't necessarily say a wind came in that house. The Bible says suddenly there was a sound. Oh, hallelujah. Sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, I'm a little analytical, and so I, when I, when I, one day I was just looking into that, and, and I realized my whole life I just paid attention to the wind. But the Bible says on that day there was the sound of the wind. So that means wind has sound. And when the wind begins to blow, you can't really see wind, but you can feel it. And you so can hear it. And I begin to let my mind chew on that a little bit. And you know, you know, like how you chew on grizzle on the back of your teeth. You're just chewing on it, trying to get the last bit of flavor out of I begin to think about it. And the things that I can think about, how wind makes sound, I think of instruments. And there are certain types of instruments that uses the force of wind to create sound, and we would call these wind instruments, either woodwind or brass wind instruments. Brother playing a brass wind instrument, a trumpet. And so he would use the force of air to go into one end of the instrument, and out would come a clear and penetrating sound. And so it's almost as if my mind began to create a word image on the day of Pentecost when this mighty rushing wind began to fill the house with a sound. It was almost as if because on this 50th day of Pentecost, God wanted to give a jubilee to the world that they wouldn't have to wait another lifetime to experience this freedom and this 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 liberty that came but now because you're born again you can experience this liberty and this freedom every day and I'm thankful for the sound of the wind praise God that wind was a typology of the spirit of God it was a form of a, the spirit of God Jesus told the Pharisee the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going but so is everyone that is born of the spirit you hear the sound of the wind and on that day of Pentecost when the mighty rushing wind gave forth a sound they began to speak with tongues as the spirit gave the utterance the spirit moved on them or the wind moved through their instruments and out came a sound from heaven hallelujah and guess what the bible says they were all filled with the gift of the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them the utterance so the bible is trying to tell us when they're filled with the spirit there will be a sound oh hallelujah and that sound is the sign that debts to sin are canceled. That 
that sound is the sign that all the things you were in bondage to has to let you go hallelujah that sound is the sign of freedom that sound is the sign of liberty that sound is the sign of victory that sound is the sign of triumph and is signified by your voice And that's why the Bible tells us, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Because that sound is a sign in the spirit. There is, there's not a lot of things that will transcend to both the spirit realm and this natural realm that we live in. But sound is one thing that will affect our physical realm and the spiritual the sound, the sound you make. That's why we got to watch what things we say to people because, you know, our voice carries power. I know they told you when you were younger that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Words do hurt. Uh-huh. And when you begin to say things to people like, you know, you're ugly or you're dumb, you're never going to pass High school, you're never going to be anything in life. While you may just be saying that out of an emotion or a feeling, those things become real to the person that's hearing those things. So your word begins to take on form. There is power in the words you speak. And the, the Bible gives us reference to that over and over. It says the word became flesh because the word is not just supposed to stay as a thought, but when it is spoken or when a sound is released, things begin to take on form. And that's why you can't stay silent when the enemy is trying to attack your family. Oh, hallelujah. You can't stay silent when the enemy is trying to you got to lift your voice and let a sound out because victory and triumph has a voice. So when you want the victory, that's not the time to sit down and stay silent. That's the time to get on your knees and open your mouth. And that's the time to come to the service. And don't just sit on the pew, but lift your hands, lift your voice, and begin to call. Because victory and triumph has a voice. You can speak things that are not as though they already are. Because triumph has a voice. And there is power in the words you speak. So some of you need to take authority in the spirit right now. And speak to your situation. And say I will live. I will not die. I will declare You see, it's easier for us to just sit there and allow everything to happen and begin to blame other things. Why this is happening? Well, if they wouldn't have so much of an attitude, maybe we wouldn't get in so much arguments. And you blame it on this person. Well, this person, well, if she just did all her chores like she's supposed to, I want to have to scream at her. Uh-huh. Some of you young people, well, if they just cut me a little slack, maybe, 
Maybe I'll do better. But you don't need to point fingers at everything else. You need to begin to make some noise of your own. You see, don't make noise that'll necessarily make you feel better because you're screaming at somebody and you think, if you let this anger out, I, I, it, I'll feel better. It may not make the situation better, but I'll feel better because I just aired out all, all my anger on this person. Now, that's just going to stir more stuff up. And trust me, it won't be a joyful noise. Especially if it's between a child and a parent. You, you, you try. You try lifting up your voice and shouting like you got a voice of triumph over your parent. They're going to show you real quick where the triumph really lies. Well, it's called the ministry of laying on of hands. And some parents are very anointed. But rather you need to begin to lift your voice to the one who has the ability to step into your situation and begin to turn things around. That means you lift your voice in praise unto the Lord. That means you lift your voice in prayer unto the Lord. For some of you, not everybody, but I know in a lot of churches, maybe not this church at all, but, you know, uh, a lot of church people, a lot of church folk, the, the, the insects in their house and the rodents around your property hear more arguing than prayer. All right, I'm going to go back over here. They hear more of the wrong noise than a joyful noise unto the Lord. And some of you need to begin to stop that wrong noise and begin to make a sound to God with something that's going to be triumphant. Your prayers will never be defeated. Your praises will never be defeated. Because the enemy cannot stop your praise. As a matter of fact, when you begin to lift your voice unto God, God begins to show up in the sound that you're making. Because the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you lift your voice to praise the Lord, he turns on the spiritual sonar system and locates where those praises are coming from and he will go to that location and begin to set up his kingdom. That's why you need to lift your voice. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to praise because God will live where those No, preacher, it can't be that easy. can't be that simple. You telling me if I pray, things will get better? You telling me if I actually come to church and worship, things, my, my experience in the service will be much better? I'll actually leave the service feeling like I got something from the Lord if I lift my voice? Well, I don't want to do all that because when I lift my voice, it seems like everybody that do it start to get all crazy. They start getting out their seats, start running up in the aisles, and body pins start going everywhere, and people's heels start flying off because I don't want to, I don't want to get all like that. You know, I, I'm not that type of person. But, yeah, let somebody come and knock on your door with a check of $50 million. We'll see. Oh, hallelujah. 
you'll get loud about something because you won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstake. Or when you're at your child's sports game, you'll get loud about something because somebody is winning. There's a sound that comes from somebody's spirit when they got a when they're winning, hallelujah. And guess what? The same thing applies in the spirit. When you be, oh, hallelujah. You don't have to feel like a winner to make a sound, but when you make the sound, you'll feel like a winner. Hallelujah. And that's why when people get the gift of the Holy Ghost, they begin to make an utterance or there's a sound or a voice is uttered from their body. Hallelujah. Because God is sending a signal and that sound is the sign that you are triumphant. Triumphant over. Oh, hallelujah. Triumphant over alcoholism, triumphant over nicotine addiction, triumphant over lust, triumphant over insecurities, triumphant over attitudes, triumph. You are triumphant because the Lord has given you a voice and triumph has a voice. So let your voice out. Make a joyful noise. That's what winning sounds like. That's what victory sounds like. That's what triumph. That's what it sounds like. That's what triumph sounds like. So the Bible tells us that Paul, with his traveling companion Silas, was trying to break new territory into, into new lands to preach the word of God and bring the gospel to people that never heard it before. They landed in an area and they began to preach the word. And then the Bible says that somebody started following them around. The Bible says it was a young lady that had a spirit of divination. And the Bible says that she had the ability to divine or she was like a palm reader in more modern terms, you know, fortune teller, you know, tarot cards, you know, all them stuff, Pokemon, all that stuff, yeah. So, so, um, so she was doing all this stuff and people were making money off of her, you know, I wasn't going to leave it alone, but I'm going to say it, you know, people go everywhere. And they got their phones out trying to catch some Pokemons. And you, you'll probably even have people come in your church trying to catch some Pokemons. Some of y'all need to come to church and catch the Holy Ghost. They're trying to get some points so they can win a game. You don't need to win a game. You need to win salvation. You need to win everlasting life. So go ahead and begin to catch some Holy Ghost. Bring it back home with you. And release that Holy Ghost in your house. Release that Holy Ghost in your marriage. Moving on. Bible says that people were making money off of her. She began to follow around Paul and Silas saying, these are the men of the most high God that's showing to us the way of salvation. They're preaching. And it's funny because everything she was saying sounded right. 
but there was something wrong on the inside of her. She said all the right things, but had the wrong spirit. You're telling me it's possible that somebody can say all the right things and still mean me evil? You know, she was just saying it so she can slide up and associate herself with the true power of God. So that if she was hanging around them long enough, the other people that knew that she was dabbling in some power, they would probably try to associate her with what was real and what was right. And there's some people that probably want to associate themselves with the power that you have. So they'll try to ease up on alongside of you, you know, say some things. But it doesn't mean they have the right spirit. So I told the young people on Friday, you got to watch who you sit next to in church. Because people can look the part. People can talk the part. But it doesn't mean they have the right spirit. That's why you can't turn on uh, YouTube and uh, go on the internet and, and listen to any old preacher. Because it might sound good, but they might have the wrong spirit. Moving on. So, Paul got tired of her coming around and trying to look like she was with their camp. So he turned to her. The Bible says she did this many days. So Paul tolerated for some time, but he got tired of it. He turned around and cast the spirit out of her. And the Bible says everybody that was making money off her, the hope of their gains was lost. They, they, she didn't have any more power to divine or to you know, tell fortunes or whatever. And so the people that were making money off her got a got a group together and tried to look for Paul and Silas. They found them, beat them in the streets, and threw them in prison. Now, most of us, if we were in Paul's shoes, we'd have been like, I can't believe this is happening to me. We'll begin to turn our nose up. We'll say, I'm, I'm not praying today. I was, I was serving God, and this happened. I was doing the right thing, and God allowed this mess to happen to me. I didn't do anything wrong. Hey, let me let you know something. There's something called life. And sometimes bad things happen even when you're not doing anything wrong. But when you're serving God, it doesn't exempt you from having bad things happen in your life. It just changes how you respond in the face of those bad things. So Paul and Silas got thrown in jail. Not only were they just thrown in jail, the Bible says they were thrown into the inner prison. They were in the prison within the prison. The Bible tells us that in the midst of that prison, Paul and Silas didn't, you know, ball up in a fetal position in the corner, begin to suck their thumbs and cry for mommy. But they began to do something in that prison that began to have some supernatural ramifications. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas didn't complain. They didn't go and blame each other. Well, if you would have went to this other town, we, we probably wouldn't have had If this would have happened with it. No, no. It, although they faced negative situations, in the midst of their calamity, the Bible says they lifted up their voices and began to sing praises and pray in their prison. And you, know, you want to know how I knew they lifted up their voices? Because the Bible says that 
when they lifted their voice, when they, when they sang praises and prayed unto God, the Bible says the other prisoners heard them. Now, think about this now. They're in the inner prison, kind of like a solitary confinement. They're in a prison away from the other prisoners. And everybody else in the prison heard what they were doing from this part of the prison. So they weren't quiet. They didn't, you know, have that type of prayer that some of us come together, you know, come to church and, you know, maybe we'll do our hands like this by our heads. Say, you know, now I'll lay me down to sleep. God is good. God is great. Well, let's thank him for this food. That wasn't the type of prayer. They, they began to pray like something was about to happen. They began to pray with confidence. They began to pray with some aggression in their heart. And the Bible says the other prisoners heard what they were doing. So they were so loud with their praises. They were so loud with their prayers that the Bible says suddenly there was an earthquake. Their prayers began to shake the foundations of what was trying to hold them bound. And today, what's going to shake the foundations of what's trying to hold you bound is when you lift your voice and begin to let a sound. The Bible says everyone's bands were loose. The prison doors flew open. Why? Because of what they did in response to the attack of the enemy. They began to lift their voice and begin to call on the Lord. And the Lord answered and delivered them. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. And that's what God will do when you lift your voice because it's a voice not of defeat, not of sorrow, not of sadness. It's a voice of triumph. Stand with me today. God is trying to provoke somebody to get at the edge of your spirit and begin to open your mouth in this service. Hallelujah. 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 I've never seen anybody get a supernatural touch from the Lord quietly. Because when, when God gets a hold of you, even though you want to be quiet, something just moves you to begin to lift your voice unto the Lord. Because that's what the Spirit does. When it comes on the inside, it shows on the outside. And the initial showing of what is on the inside is when your mouth begins to let a sound on the outside. Hallelujah. Mm, glory to God. You want some victory today? You want some deliverance today? You want a healing today? You can't sit there quietly and expect it just to stop you upside the head. It don't work like that. You have got to invite the Lord in and he feels welcome when you lift your voice. The 
elders used to say he's as close as the mention of his name so when you call on the name of Jesus he's going to show up and he's not just going to sit there and watch you suffer he's going to show up and he's going to begin to show out he's going to begin to heal he's going to begin to deliver he's going to begin to break chains he's going to begin to open doors he's going to begin to set you free because he is triumphant and when you lift your voice he will identify with the sound you make it's a voice of triumph hallelujah so with all hands lifted up hallelujah I wonder if you can begin to lift your voice unto the Lord there might not be a lot of room in this front here but wherever you're standing right now begin to lift your voice unto the Lord and watch God come in that row right with you and begin to touch your spirit you're going to begin to feel him but don't just let him begin to move on the outside of you open the doors of your heart and let him in so he can begin to move on the inside hallelujah hallelujah Come on, if you need a special touch from the Lord, there may not be a lot of room, but I want you to come and step out of your seat and come to this front of the altar with your hands lifted up. But don't just come with your hands lifted up. Come with your mouth open, ready to give God the praise. Hey, God is fighting for us. Hallelujah. Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. Sing, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, planning of the kingdom. That cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus. Enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. Thank you. 